Come on, we've got another podcast to be on after this. I know, right? But, Wait, am I supposed to be on that podcast? No, don't you worry about no. it. Red's taking your place. Yeah. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah. Uh, we're just slowly replacing you with Red. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the harmonious haberdasher. Hey. Yeah, we go. <laughs> Uh, so what well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first this week because I have literally driven from Brett's to the airport and then flew and then driven from the airport to Owls and then Owls to mine and then gone to work for four days and then went to a flea market this morning. That has literally been it. So uh, did you get one of you to the flea market? Uh, what did I get? I- Oh fuck! Do you know what else I got? Hey, um, I I got my the little steam engine thing came out, but I'm not going to talk too much about that now because I'm going to do a load of stuff with it. Hopefully, in the next couple of days, and I'm going to put it on Instagram and that. And hooray! Yeah. Wait, can you, run, can you get it to run the hacksaw I just sent you? Uh, I I don't think it's going to be quite powerful enough for that. Yes, but there's other plans afoot for the hacksaw build. <laughs> Shacksaw. Um, <laughs> The lady at the post office laughed when I put that. And I go, she goes, where are you sending this? And I was like, uh, Bristol. She goes, in the UK? And I go, yep. And she goes, well, this is going to be an arm and a leg. <laughs> if I give you an arm and a leg. Because it's a saw. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. yeah I'm, uh, I said to Jess, I'm going to have to send you some more money for that. Because I, like, the, the fucking, the quotes that were on the internet were a lot lower than well, that. Well, it wasn't the weight that you thought it was. Even taking off the engine and the block, yeah. it was 50 pounds. Yeah. That's cheap. That's... Ah! Hey! hey! <laughs> what, is, what is pounds in $260? <laughs> uh, seven rubles. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and a couple of buttons. Exactly. Ow, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, really weirdly, exactly the same thing as Steve, but without driving back to Steve's or going to a flea market. Hooray! Or getting a steam engine. Ah! <laughs> My week's been better than your week. Correct. Hey. I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> I, spoke to, I spoke to Red last night because I was doing the... Um, uh, I've spent like a lot of time at work editing the podcast, and last night I basically just fucked off work and didn't do any... And if anyone's from listening from work, I, that, that's that's not true. I, I did loads of work. But uh, I started editing um, the Full Fly intro, and it, it was horrible. And then Red came on and was all chatty and lovely and wonderful. And uh, and I said to him, like, what my week had been like and the fact that I was going to be finishing at, at midnight, getting home at two and um, and up for this flea market at half seven. And he was like, what? What? What, what, when are you going to sleep? I was like, oh, it's fine. And then he said, oh, to be young again. It's like, oh, Red, I'm not no. that young. Bless his <laughs> cotton socks. I know. I wish I felt young. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, Ow. Uh, so you've done pretty much the same as me then? Yep. Cool. And I did some, I washed some clothes because they all stank because we camped for a week. Because <laughs> yeah. we didn't shower and just poop. <laughs> <laughs> and my showers consisted of, uh, Simple green and the cold hose. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, I've, I've just been wearing like Tyler's uh, and Eric's shirts this week because they were clean. Fantastic. Uh, Brett, what have you been up to? 
but did a full cleanup of the blacksmithing area and trying to get it a little bit more put together because with we're hosting another class in a couple of weeks. I, I keep having to tell myself that that it's the 14th when we're recording and the next class is less than a month away. So, you know, getting a gauge of everything after the blacksmithing course and having chats with all of you guys, we just helped me sort a little bit more of the area out just in case the weather is nice enough to still work there. Otherwise, I'm going to have to undo everything I just did and move some of it over to the barn. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a long day. And then um, I've got a couple of more builds that I want to try and start prepping for, but I got the video out of the blacksmithing event as well as Red getting his out. It was nice to watch everything back. And um, I forgot I had filmed a handful of pieces and had a good laugh while I was putting some of the edit together. And even Jimmy commented on the video and was like, I forgot you were filming all this. I was like, <laughs> yep, me too. Um, but really, as far as work stuff goes, it's just trying to get things back in order after having you lot over because it was such a whirlwind over those few days that I think I'm still kind of recovering. Um, but I've got three builds that I really want to try and do this month. And so I'm trying to at least get those sorted out now that you guys have gone and I posted the video and now it's on to the next thing. Wee! Wee! Like a, <laughs> okay, that sounds like a, like a busy, pro, actually quite productive week, which I'm massively jealous of. Well, I think all of us just post the event was kind of like, all right, now back to the real world. And there's just, yeah. there hasn't been a stop. You just go right back into it, Al. <laughs> Al and Steve just going straight back into work. Yeah. Well, um, that, that was the thing. Like, because I, um, no, I had Tuesday afternoon off. Hey, I fucking didn't. I, because I didn't sleep on the plane. So <laughs> when I left yours, drove, started driving home and the traffic was shit. And, um, at one point, I genuinely had to pull over into a service station and have a half hour power nap because I felt like was I was it, about to die. Was it Gloucester services? No, it wasn't even. That was the thing is I drove past Gloucester because I stopped beforehand and just got the biggest coffee ever. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to make me feel great. And I, like, I bet your biggest coffee ever was a standard size American coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Small. It was yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I was, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to, you know, this is going to put me up. And like, because I had food because I barely ate anything on the plane. And I was like, oh, yeah, energy and caffeine and everything. And then like literally 20 minutes later, I just went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep now. This is shit. And uh, yeah, it was awful. Um. So yeah, I drove past Gloucester and had a nap in some random service station and woke up with a van next to me with some very, very loud dude snoring. Um, so at least I wasn't the only one sleeping in the middle of the afternoon. But. Perfect. Well, welcome to the podcast where we talk about how tired we are, everyone. <laughs> Yay! I'm pretty sure we do this every week anyway. Yeah. Sleepy Steve. Yeah. Uh, so because you were working with um, with Jess getting everything sorted out, that kind of segues quite nicely into the topic, um, which is just talking about uh, having not necessarily too many cooks or the right amount of cooks, but having several cooks in the kitchen at once. That's metaphorical, not literal. Uh, Al's a cook. Al, Al is a cook and he has a kitchen. So Al, do you want to take the lead in on this one and talk a little bit? Nodcast. 
Oh, I'm really holding on to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I waited. I didn't interrupt. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, I think just experiencing the um, the the class format at Jimmy's just really brought to to light like how things can work out really well. Um, I think a lot of us have the tendency to to work alone and do things our own way. That's maybe the way we've always done it, or we like to take inspiration, but in a way that suits ourselves. So like we feel comfortable kind of being a bit voyeuristic and and, and working out how to learn, th- learn things. But um, the idea of people coming together and working together, um, not necessarily on like a collaborative build, but just to get anything done um, without kind of the, the, the clockwork of a well-organized and well-oiled machine. Um, it takes a certain type of personality to, to, to be able to, to come together and make things work. I think that was really highlighted at, at, at Jimmy's class. Um, you know, myself, who's not done any blacksmithing, save a couple of trips uh, to Steve's Forge. Um, Brett, who kind of would rather not be around lots of people, um, <laughs> uh, really, really comfortably fitting into the sort of the, the classroom environment, um, and Steve doing what he does in terms of in terms of teaching, but not teaching his own class, helping to teach somebody else's class. So. You know, not having that safety net of of, of knowing the curriculum and 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 yeah. being able to run it your way, I think that's really um, important. That like when you come together in in that in that aspect, you you don't necessarily have it your way. Um, there's a, there's a there is a kind of safety net in terms of our own channels and our own um, ways of working. In that, like, kind of we can kind of do what we want, um, save for a few trolls. You, you can kind of get away with with this is my way. It's not necessarily the right way. Um, but it works for me and it's entertaining. Whereas coming together and, and, and working on a group cause, um, suddenly you've got to kind of let a few of your inhibitions go or maybe um, be a bit more brave in terms of your way of working. So it was, yeah, it was really powerful to see. I think it's also a testament to Rory in that he wasn't really precious about kind of, you know, this is my class, these are my rules. I think yeah. there are a lot of teachers that do approach things that way, certainly kind of old school and in the world of academia anyway um i that that's largely my experience of of how classes are run it's like this is the way i fucking tell you to do it do it or get out literally like we'll kick you out of the room um but i think yeah it was it was not just a a reflection on all of us working together but it was it was a real sort of uh, moment to sort of celebrate rory's attitude to the whole thing yeah um cuz i think a lot of a lot of that comes from um from mute, like mutual respect mm-hmm. um the fact that yeah, you know, he he um he respects not not necessarily uh, our skill in terms of um being like we're not all super proficient blacksmiths or anything like that, but he respects the fact that you know we we are going to look at things even the processes that he showed us we're going to look at them in in slightly different ways like every, everyone always sees something from a slightly different perspective so um because I know uh, me and Rory both commented on. Uh, the way that Al was able to to take a concept and take an idea and a process and then go on or explain that to a uh, someone that didn't necessarily completely grasp the concept and just find a way to explain that in their own way and in ways that I I might not have thought of or I might not have thought of so it, it's that kind of respect of okay you might not be as 
um as experienced as as we are in terms of um like time at the anvil but you get the process and you're able to explain it in a way that this person gets therefore in that sense you're you've you've almost done a better job yeah i mean it's back to brett's third favorite quote from road trip um you know, you can teach Japanese to a monkey, uh, but it's, you, just go. <laughs> um, that, you know, that's what it's all about. It's, it's about attitude. Um, I think the size of the environment as well really played a role. I think there was just enough people and just enough of a, a stretch that, you know, there wasn't a Chinese whispers thing going on where actually what somebody was trying to communicate was getting lost along the line. You know, the, the, yeah. it was it was at worst secondhand. And I think yeah. that's important. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to interpret something somebody's saying. Pass it on to somebody else, and then it's getting lost in translation. Um, I think there was a there was a really just nice scale of kind of of community, and that it was enough people that you know, the, the the correct message was getting across. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I've I've talked about it before, but education versus teaching. Yeah, and I know they're synonymous with each other for the most part, but I always like the idea that a teacher can can help you acquire the knowledge mm -hmm. right they're they're there to you know in in class it would be i'm going to teach you how multiplication works so they allow you to to take in the knowledge of how something works but i i feel like an educator is somebody who helps you think or okay. teaches you how to think right like an educator is above a teacher in the in at least the way that i use the terms because i think someone that can actually educate you in the ways of of blacksmithing versus someone that just teaches you how coal works or teaches you how an anvil works or a hammer. An educator is going to be there to guide you through the teachings, right? And um, Rory did a really fantastic job of helping all of us in in the days prior. You know, uh, showing us how he manipulates the steel and how his processes go yeah but it didn't seem like he was just spitting out information like this is the way that things work this is how you have to hit it with a hammer and blah, blah blah everything was up for a lot of interpretation and i felt like he really gave us the opportunity to utilize what skills we did have in terms of our thought processes and our approaches to things and the way i swing a hammer versus the way steve swings a hammer and what tools he prefers to use and everything i have a tendency to because I am not trained or a teacher um, in something like smithing. Um, I'm gonna have dumb approaches to things that are probably wrong, but they work for me. So, like Al was saying, you know, it's it's how you interpret the the education or the educator's notes, and then for him to allow us to to take those down the line is really really fantastic because of all of the different variety of people and backgrounds that we had. Steve being an educator, it was so funny because you mentioned it on the last episode too, where it was like, well, why are you doing it that way? And then somebody goes, oh, because Rory told me, and you're like, yep, yeah. never mind, do it yeah. that way. Because <laughs> you don't want to step on anybody's toes, but at the same time, there are those opportunities to throw in a little bit of that, you know, that curveball of education as well. It's like, yeah. just as a side thought, you could also do this. Yeah. I think, very I think that, that, fla that flexibility is like is super important in those environments. That was something that I, I don't want this episode to just be banging on about how how cool Rory is. Um, <laughs> He's but, great, but you could see him slightly changing what he was doing because just just from noticing things around him, and and as as the weekend went on, you know he could 
tell different people's abilities and different people's attitudes. And you could see that he was he was changing the curriculum as he went. Um, and I think that's really important as well, that in that environment where you're working together with people. Like, I, I didn't see it as a class uh, at Jimmy's at all. I just saw it as, like, a bunch of people working together. Yeah. Some people were more skilled than others. Some people were there to help. Some people were there to learn. Um, but it certainly wasn't, like, a traditional sort of classroom environment, which I personally think is outdated and archaic and doesn't work. Um, I think the days of sitting in a classroom learning your five times table and repeating Latin phrases is just irrelevant. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much education freely available now. There's so much stimulus in an instant that that is just not, you know, it's not applicable in society anymore to learn that way. Um, so I found this is a much more healthy environment in terms of people coming together um, and actually sort of flexing their attitudes, flexing their way of working. Um, yeah. I kind of want to touch on both you guys and, and how how this idea of, of I want to I just want to touch both you guys. <laughs> <laughs> On, on both your kind of approaches to working together with people and how, you know, not enough people can be unhealthy um, and too many cooks can kind of spoil the broth. Yeah. Like, obviously, I have been a cook. Steve, you've been a cook. Brett, you've been a cook. Um, having literally too many cooks, um, you kind of avoid that in, in, in the catering industry because there's a real strict hierarchy. There's a real strict structure to it. It's very... Um, regimental, you know, this man's the head chef, this man's the sous chef, these are the commies. You do in this order, shit gets done, you know, clear down. There's very little in terms of flexibility in that system. Um, when it doesn't work is, is things like my my day job where you're trying to get something strategic and creative out based on um, the needs of a client, the needs of a consumer, and the knowledge of the people involved. The problem is as the client gets bigger and the corporations get larger, more and more people get involved and it it dilutes what you're trying to do and yeah. they're not they're not adding anything into the conversation they're actually removing things and making it more difficult and making it more challenging uh you know the more people that are in a room that you've got to try and impress with something that should be objective but becomes subjective um is really like an ultimate case of of too many cooks so it's not necessarily the project that you're doing the, the type of work that you're doing it's just the environment yeah. so you know when I work, for for instance, for like a small independent local company, it's the owner of the company, uh, possibly someone that works there, and maybe like um, client services or uh, you know some sort of you know, receptionist or something. Um, <laughs> and then on our end, it's the same. It will be a creative person, a strategic person, and somebody responsible for account management. And they're yeah. they're literally the only like three to six people that you need to build a brand from start to finish. Um, and that's literally, you know, that, that is the case more often than not with, with smaller companies. Um, yeah. The second you get into a large company, an international multinational corporation, that can be anywhere up to 50 people. You know, I've literally been in kind of conferences where there's dozens of people in different countries in different rooms on different uh, tele WebEx conversation fucking webcams. <laughs> And it's just absolute chaos. Um, And what you're trying to achieve and the goals you're trying to achieve are just kind of held up at every level. Um, And I'd like to know, first of all, from you, Steve, how that's affected in terms of your working environment with Alex and Joe. Um, And then Brett, kind of what that feels like working with Jimmy. But then obviously, you know, Jimmy has other people to come in to work on projects. So that environment is changing all the time. So I think there's two different dynamics with you guys. And I'd really like to kind of know what you think the balance is yeah. where you think the right the sweet spot is 
and when it gets a bit a bit crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think for me because I've I've had experiences of of things where you know where you're working as a as a two man team on the door, for example, and you get that. Um, Were you a doorman? I was. <laughs> And and you get that really that that close bond, and it, it becomes almost instinctual. Like I know that you know Jose is going to be there at this point, and if if I'm going to go talk to someone over there, I can just give him a tap on the shoulder, and I'll be back in a sec, and it's fine. He's he's going to be then paying attention to me. Whereas then working um, like big festival security, um, there's so many people, and you don't have that that um, that bond and that that. Uh, that understanding between yourselves because it's it's just not there um and because there's so many levels of of hierarchy as well you know you've got you've got um linemen you've you've got um uh, like bag checkers you've got people that are on the door you've got then a supervisor then an area supervisor then a fucking senior supervisor and and it just becomes ridiculous and it, it it's like 15 levels of separation between you and someone that can actually make a decision um and and things completely break down but then in the in the it realm like i know you've just said um about the fact that you've been in uh conferences um because we we do hangouts at work um especially after big events and we'll have like especially during a major incident we'll have like 30 40 people on a hangout at once all talking all trying to work to the same goal but it works because there's that that level of respect that um that like professional courtesy like pe- people don't jump in and start talking over one another unless they know that what they say has value um and that value supersedes whatever's being said at that time sort of thing um and so i think it, it can work if you've got a lot of uh a lot of cooks as it were as long as everyone kind of respects the the, the process and and everyone's working towards the same, the end goal. Whereas I find in, especially in, again, in the corporate world, a lot of people want to, um, rather than working together to the end goal, they want to work for themselves to, yeah. to make themselves look better. And I think that's, that's where a lot of the problem lies. Um, but in, in aspect of working with, uh, Alex and Joe and, and things like that, um, it's a, it's a really bizarre, setup that we have because obviously alex is is the boss um when it comes to um teaching um i'm kind of the second in command like and i don't mean that as in i'm above joe it's just i'm normally the one that does the teaching because i'm i'm better at it um (laughs) it's not that i'm above it it's just that i'm better than him yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) but but the thing is is in terms of technical aspects of it joe is is far far better than I am, so quite often it's a case of me going to Joe and speaking to him about something, and him going, "Oh yeah, you just need to do this and then do that." All right, okay, and then I go back and kind of translate that into something that that the layperson will understand. Um, and there's there there's not any more a any animosity there. Um, but one of the things that Joe said uh, a few months ago was when he first joined, he uh, he was almost jealous of any success that either I had or that Al had or anything like that because the environment he'd worked in previously, it was a case of um, 
the the guy he was working for was very much uh self-promoting and would take credit for joe's work just because he wanted to make himself look good and he had no interest in in promoting joe or the business as a whole whereas working for alex the the three of us worked together we worked towards the end goal of making the the business itself better and promote that and and it, it again it comes back to the thing that we always say is is the whole um uh high tide raises all ships you know we 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 want to promote each other i want to promote joe i want to make other people aware of this incredibly talented blacksmith that i work with um and his attitude has completely changed because he's now working in that environment um even though technically there's now three people instead of two and potentially four people very soon um because the 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 respect and and the fact that we are all working towards that that end goal we know that you know i know for a fact the better alex does the better i'm going to do and the better i do and the more i can promote the courses the classes the the products and and everything else the the better alex will do therefore the better i do and, and you know it, it it's going to rise us all up and the same with joe like i know if if any like um uh respect and, and admiration that he gains a bit of that is going to come back onto to myself and and the business as a whole so i think that that kind of attitude of of working together as a team and and having <clears throat> excuse me having like a, a team goal and a team vision as opposed to an individual um i want this for me i think that massively helps that doesn't mean that it's it has to be um separate there's still things that i want to do to promote myself um and like the three of us all have different specialities and we all want to work on our own things but we we have that respect and and that that give and take if i could jump in and just talk about the dynamic on our side because it's a little bit different than say what steve's doing where you know alex produces um axes and cutlery and and beautiful blacksmithing work you know but it's a very directed um a very directed product set that comes out and it actually gets sold and you guys do your uh classes and you guys do the festivals and show stuff off we don't really do any of that up here so these classes like the one that we had with rory um we've only had a handful of these since me moving up here or or me shoving myself into jimmy's shop um and it's it's an interesting dynamic because you know, Jim obviously has all of this experience and all of this equipment and he knows how to use everything and he knows he has a lot of people and a lot of connections and he has a lot of education uh, in his own back pocket, but he also knows a lot of like the top educated people in whatever their fields are. So he's able to really knock through asking advice for people. You know, he had um, Saunders Machine Works uh, sorted out the razor blade thing mm-hmm. yeah. um and his files and stuff because he he doesn't necessarily know how to use the tormach or the the crazy programs that are involved in running those cncs but he knows the guys that know the things yeah. um and he has massive amounts of respect for all of these people but he's a pretty individual guy in terms of his approach to his work because 90 percent of what he does in the workshop is either client work or sponsored work that he kind of gets 
free reign on whatever the hell he wants to build and then, you know, goes out the door or maybe it doesn't. On the other side of that, though, like working with him, the he commented a handful of times about just like how amazing it was to have this group of people show up. And I was kind of hoping that, you know, and I feel like we have a slightly I don't want to say better for the lack for, you know, these guys that are busy and maybe can't travel and go see each other all the time. But I honestly, there are moments where, you know, we were all working together to get Jimmy shop prepped. He was busy and he had other stuff to do, but never once did he have to step out and figure out if we were getting anything done or bettering the situation for the class. And the idea that we all met each other really not too long ago, but have such a tight knit group while also being very respectful of what everyone's got going on and their backgrounds and what they were doing before all of this, that I, I love the group that we brought to the class. Cause like Rory shows up and is like, we need to get some stuff done. We didn't even yeah. get to the top of the driveway before you guys started taking mulch out of Taylor's back, <laughs> the back of her car because it needed to get done and you guys showed up to get it done. And there was never like, you know, there was never any question of like, well, hold on. Cause somebody needs to be in charge of you putting that mulch down. Cause you won't do it the right way. It's like, well, they're adults. Hopefully they don't screw this up. This <laughs> um, but you know, with the fool fly stuff and, and some of the collaborations that I've had the opportunity to do in the last year, I find it really invigorating to, uh, back off of the leadership role because I think that develops an opportunity or that creates an opportunity for me to learn and, and really take a back seat and let the other person drive so that I can watch how they do things because all that will do is uh, allow me to work better with them. If I can see their process, then hopefully I can figure out a way to put myself into that process. It's the same thing that I did with Jim. You know, he was a very individualistic worker. He's had a few guys that he's, worked with in the past like welder has been in the shop and everything but um when you have somebody that has that much drive and has been doing it alone for that long it's difficult to steve's drawing pictures in the background thanks steve um <laughs> that it's difficult sometimes to get yourself into their process you know or like become a part of the process and somehow i feel like this last weekend was an amazing example of how fluid our little, I don't know, companionship, our little crew has come together over the years where like never once did I feel like I was getting my toes stepped on or I was stepping on anybody else's toes. There's like this very fluid and family dynamic where we all kind of know where everybody sits. We're all very able to work together on the varying tiers of of knowledge or, or experience in something like the forge. But, um, you know, Jess is amazing at delegating stuff and doing all the behind the scenes thing. Cause she does it constantly for her brother. So like we didn't see her half the time, but all she's the only reason we ate and like food <laughs> showed up on, you know, Taylor, Taylor did, you know, planning on it, but the execution of it was done behind the scenes. Al picking up the reins and doing that, like even working in your hack shack when me and Sophie were there. It's like a very fun, fluid dynamic where you just, as long as you maintain the respect for the person that kind of got you there, or like Alex in the Forge or Jimmy in my shop or Al, you know, when you were probably working under a very respectful chef, 
versus your terrible people you work with now. It's like if you can develop that mutual respect for each other, then maintain open communication and you can you can get your processes to flow so much better and you just yeah. become a part of that machine, like I was talking about at the beginning. It wasn't necessarily the most oiled machine oiled machine, but by the end of it I felt like, you know, that second day we woke up and it was just like, here's what we gotta do, coffee, but yeah. somebody get materials cut, blah, and it just went. And it took <laughs> one day for us to get there. Yeah, and like the, the more sorry, Steve. Just just to to wrap that up, like the more yeah. <clears throat> the more like well oiled the machine is, and the smoother it runs, the more fuck up it's going to be with like the tiniest little grain of sand gets in there. Yeah. So if you've got like a fucking clockwork Swiss watch, one tiny little thing has one imperfection in there, and the whole thing's going to fuck up. Yeah. If you've got something that's like a ragtag crew of like rough, <laughs> flexible, morally flexible. <laughs> you know it, it, it doesn't matter if something slips up it doesn't matter if something gets too hot or something gets burnt or something falls over because you can be quick to react you can be creative yeah. you can think on you on the spot and you can kind of you know meld around it and, and, yeah. and adapt to the environment yeah and um, so that's the way to get shit done is is to to be the opposite of a well-oiled machine yeah well that, as i said because that's exactly kind well, of well no you I'm dunk it in oil with. still there's just like extra parts and stuff <laughs> But uh, yeah, because like, even Rory commented on the fact that like uh, he was going to go home and say to Craig, next time they've got a big job on, they're just going to get a load of English guys to come over because they just get <laughs> shit done. And uh, I think that was because it was it was little things. Like I think when he turned up, we were moving the rocks, and and there was me, Brett, and and Jess just grabbing the rocks from this dirty, like literally digging them out of the dirt, picking them up and carrying up up the way for. Al to then arrange in a kind of crazy paving kind of walkway bit, and uh, I mean, it was just it was bang, get it done, get it done, get it done. Um, there was no discussion of right. Al's going to organise where they go, and Jess is going to dig them out, and Steve's going to carry them, and Brett's going to do this, and we're going to do that. It was just right. What needs to get done? Okay, Al's already doing that. I'm going to go do this because that's the next thing that needs to get done. And it was just right. Let's just keep shit moving, keep things going. And and then someone gave Al a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and but the thing is, we were more like to... a squeal barrow. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, we, we, we were able to chop and change. Like if if uh, if we already had a shitload of rocks up there and or a shitload of rocks dug out then jess was able to take a break from digging them out and just go and help out organize how they were going down because nobody was like oh no this this is my job i can only do this one thing everyone was willing to to crack on and 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 do everything um and like there was a there was a few times where um where either i was doing something or i was doing something and the other one didn't completely understand the process of what the other one was doing but it was like okay I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Still don't really get it, but what what do you need me to do to get that done? Yeah, right, okay, I'll I'll leave you to it, or okay, I'll go get that bit of wood, or I'll go get whatever, and just kind of that um, again that that kind of respect and that that just get shit done attitude, um, which is one of those things. If you if you've got the right people involved, it's it's easy, and even a bunch of idiots can can make it look like a well-oiled machine yeah well it's hey i you know it just popped into my head but it's like do you want to be in charge or do you want to get shit done yeah your choice yeah exactly go one of both ways it's it, it's 
if you want to be in control all the time and, and delegate to your team, so be it. But like Al says, you know, it's like one grain of sand could jump in there and then screw everything up for you. Or you could get too focused on something not going correctly when you can collaborate or, or you collect these people that are willing to bend or adapt. Yeah. And you can also play off that dynamic of like, Hey, I can control this situation right here and I can tell you guys what to do. But 15 minutes later, I'm willing to listen to somebody else and do what yeah. they want me to do. You know, if you can constantly bounce back and forth like that, it's only going to be better for everybody in the end. Yeah. I mean, I, I know when I was, uh, when I, I used to run pubs and there was never a task that I would Were ask. Were you a doorman? <laughs> this is before I was a doorman. I used to run them. Um, <laughs> but, oh, uh, run them. <laughs> but when I was doing that, it was never a case of, oh, I'm in charge that now. Therefore, I'm going to make everyone else do everything. I was always the one that did the shittiest jobs. And I mean that quite literally at times because we used to get people shoving things down the toilets. And um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> poop, and, poop and blue roll. It's a lovely combination. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but the thing is, is like it, it was always a case of we just get that done. I don't care who does it. I don't care what level you think you're at. And if like all the guys that worked for me knew that if I said, right, I need you to do this. The, if their attitude was ever, that's really distracting, Al. <laughs> uh, if, yeah. the attitude, if the attitude was ever, that's not my job, yes, it fucking is. You're here to to get the job done no matter what it takes. Ooh, I um, like that. <laughs> yeah. And and it, it was basically uh, anyone that was like, oh, no, well, that's not my job. All right, this isn't your job. HP forty five, fuck off, because I I haven't got time for people that get precious about what they do. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I I feel like we may have talked about this quite a while ago, but um, the not my job attitude is the one that always bummed me out the most about. And Al, I'm I'm sure in your environment, and I don't know Steve in the IT environment and what you do, but my old job used to be so full of that. Yeah. where you get somebody to go, oh, that's not really on my job description or that's not my job or I shouldn't have to do that because there's somebody else to do it. Well, when you've put a little bit of a team together or when you were trying to accomplish a goal, it should everything is everybody's job. Yeah, And, and I'm still more a fan of, I, I remember seeing an image about it or, or like a post about it or something um, a while ago, but it's like a true leader will will be in the front of the line, you know, chopping the trees down for everyone to follow him, not sitting on top of a, yeah. you know, palanquin getting pulled by everyone. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm screwing up the, the imagery about it, but you know, it's like, instead I, of directing people from afar and saying, go do this. Cause I'm the leader. Like you should be at the front yeah. of that saying, I will do yeah. the worst part of this. If anybody else wants to help, yeah. that's great to have you involved. It, the clues in the name a leader should lead a leader shouldn't Direct. sit at the back and yeah exactly well that's that's the fucking thing it's the difference between a leader and a director thank you but yes um, yes yeah sorry i thought you were going to carry on them bro. that's why <laughs> uh, i just i don't know rory rory leading class i know we don't want to just like keep parking on because rory's great no barking but no barking i Rory did such an awesome job and, you know, Jimmy hosted the event and 
really took a back seat to everything and and let everybody else you know take care of the build outs and stuff because not only was he busy but he respects rory a ton and rory then delegated stuff out to us but rory wasn't the one that was like hey we should get some rocks that was yeah, Al? I, I want to say it was Alvin. <laughs> we should get stones, put them down. And then the crazy rock guy that was working on the stairs was just like, use the cutoffs. What I got going on? <laughs> um, but, you know, everybody took their terms in a little bit of the, or took their turns in a little bit of the leadership role, but everyone was willing to adapt. And, you know, I don't think any of us were expecting to show up to the mud. Yeah. mud slide that was Jimmy's house, but no one batted an eyelash, really. We all just, stepped up and got it done and then everyone had a great time yeah i didn't I feel like i heard anybody going like oh i wish it was less muddy yeah the thing is i i think the only thing i disagree with with that is i don't think anybody really took a, a leadership role i don't think anybody was at any point like oh, i need to get these guys I, you know, I need to tell these guys what to do it was just a case of right what he's doing and and it was it was a case of okay Steve, can you grab this? Or Al, can you grab that? Or Brett, can you go get one of these? Or where do I get? Where do I find this? And it, it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't anybody directing or or being in charge. It was just, uh, like I said earlier on, like what what do we need? Like what's the end goal? What do we need to do to achieve that? Right. What's the first step in that um, in that process? Is that being done? Yes. No. Right. Okay. I'll do that. Um, or if that is being done, what's the next step? Right, okay, what can I do to to help that person with what they're doing? It it was it was the fact that everyone was taking the initiative and everyone was just figuring out what needed doing and getting on doing it rather than um, like because I don't think at any point anybody needed to be told anything. It was just a case of occasionally offering a suggestion. Like I think I I said to Al at one point about leaving a bit of a channel and he was like, oh shit, yeah, that's not, actually not a bad idea, and then just changed a couple of the rocks and that was it. We started a channel coming out and, and wait until you left and then just put it back anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I got blocked up again. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like it, 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 it's just a case of, of figuring out what needed to be done and, and doing it rather than either waiting to be told or deciding you were going to tell everyone else sort of thing. Yeah. I think there's, there's again, back to that kind of flexibility, like, there was no there was no one way to do anything that we did that weekend but the fact that everybody was open minded and everybody respected one another to go that's what they think they're doing and they're using their initiative and their common sense yeah we'll get it done i might have done it slightly differently you might have done it slightly differently but i'm not the one to here stand and tell you how to do everything yeah so mm-hmm. all back to that kind of mutual respect understanding that Yes, that this person has managed to survive on this planet for thirty-five years. They're not going to fuck up a path. <laughs> <laughs> Would like, you mind moving some mud around? I don't know. Yeah, I've been doing that since I was three years old, right? <laughs> I used to eat grass. Of course, I can move it. I mean, <laughs> I <didn't eat> grass. <laughs> um, how long have we been talking? It feels like it's been an, forty-five a, a, minutes. Too uh, long. So yeah, should we uh, should we move into spiffing? Yeah. People that we think that are spiffing. Cool. So Al is going to go first this week, 
Al, who do you think is spiffing? The person that I think is spiffing, I think we've already spiffed him before, but he is spiffing, so he deserves he to be spiffed, is Kiel. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting Kiel a few times. A um, couple of those times were in an environment where he was working with other people, and it was just amazing to see him like calmly just assess situations when things were difficult. He would work out a solution to it. He wouldn't try and run things, but he would kind of be responsible at the same time. I think there's a really fine balance between kind of giving out orders, but also like accepting responsibility for shit. Um, and he just does it in a really sort of charming, nice, flexible way um, and makes everyone feel really comfortable as well. I think it's really important when, you, when you're working together that nobody feels nervous or like intimidated or that they're not valued. And I think Kel's a really good person to bring people yeah. together. So if you ever need kind of similar to Jess in the way that she kind of is this sort of behind the scenes like cement that binds things together? And yeah. um, Kiel is a really fantastic person for making collaborations work. Yeah, that yeah. was like a dual spiff. It just doesn't count. Just no. rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. I, I completely agree with that because uh, Kiel is fucking awesome. Uh, my turn. I am going to spiff. Uh, someone whose name I really, really struggle saying, both the handle he uses and his actual name. So I apologize now, but it is ADD DIY maker who is good, good Munda N. Uh, N. I think. <laughs> Nailed it. Fuck knows. Um, Despite the fact that I can't say his name, he is a fucking awesome guy. Um, he's uh, he, I, I got to know him through the um, the Fools with Tools group. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry for those listening. I've just seen something in the chat, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> oh wait, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Nope. Done. Go. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. He is a fucking awesome guy. He's um, super friendly, super helpful, keen to um, to kind of get involved and and all of that good, yummy stuff. Um, and yeah, he's just a, a genuinely really nice guy. And like, if you if you go to his Instagram, there's some some project stuff, some personal stuff, some uh, his latest photo is just a beautiful um, like sunrise sunset sort of scene. Um, he lives in a beautiful part of the world and yeah, he's just a, a really nice, awesome guy. So nice. go check him out. Well played. Correct. Yeah. I'm going to do Eric. No, what? No, I screw his name up because his Instagram handle is different. Anyway, Chris from Mount Phillip Metalworks showed up to the event and brought Lots of goodies for people and was really helpful. Brought another anvil after the first day that Rory ended up doing a lot of the demo work on. And it was uh, really nice of him to, you know, make the drive down just to come and kind of provide for everybody else. Um, he brought a bunch of wrought iron tongs and old tools that he let people have for free just to go home and play with it, play with them, play with play with the material. Yeah. How does that not sound weird? Um, and he's just a really, really nice guy. He's super enthusiastic and he's, he's 
you know, putting blacksmithing tools in a lot of people's hands and he's not taking advantage of all the blow up situation that's happening by overcharging people. He just wants to see tools go into the hands of people that are going to use them. He's got a really good attitude about things and, you know, yeah, he just seems like a genuinely good dude. And I'm, I'm glad that he got involved and he's going to show up the next one, help out a little bit. He wants to bring some new blowers down so that you know, Jimmy, doesn't, <laughs> Jimmy doesn't have to explode them like he did the other night. Yeah. That was five minutes after I left. <laughs> he was cranking on it so fast when I left. And then like 10 minutes later, he posted that he like blew it up. And I was like, well, <laughs> bless his cotton socks. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with um, Chris as well. He's like, I obviously you've been following him for a little while, but actually getting to meet him and, and my favorite line of the entire um, weekend was him turning around and saying about me and Al, that he was really excited to uh, to tell his friends that English dudes are, are just like us, except with funny accents. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's really all the explanation you need. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, yeah, maybe smile. But yeah, you know, he's a super awesome, nice guy. We'll introduce him to Waffles at some point and screw that <laughs> entire thing up. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Is there any other business? I had a lot of fun. Thanks for coming out, guys. <laughs> what t- tonight? It wasn't really much effort. It's just let's just go with tonight. Yeah, nice. <laughs> let's go with tonight. Just tonight. tonight. Just for the last hour, you guys have been great. <laughs> okay, uh, I have nothing else either. So let's wrap this up. Uh, if you want to get hold of us, you can find us on all of the normal social medias. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. And just so you know, before, before Brett uh, works... Chicago! Uh, before Brett worked audio magic on the previous episode, everyone shouting Al's Shack Shack uh, in the Maker Barn. Al Shack Shack, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Uh, yeah, whatever. Not ADD DIY Maker. <laughs> Everyone shouting Al's handle at the end of the show in the Maker Al's Barn last week would have blown your speakers. It was horrible. Uh, I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah, you, you can find us on Facebook and shit. Like, just oh, fucking whatever. Bye! Bye! Bye. What's the elvish word for friend?